On the Pilot TV podcast this week, we're being dragged straight to hell by smoke monsters in Netflix's Korean supernatural thriller Hellbound, following Jeff Daniels on the beat in American Rust, and we can finally talk all things Eyes Sedai because the embargo for Amazon's Wheel of Time has finally lifted. See Sidine. I'm James Dyer, and welcome to the Pilot TV Podcast, a show that you unfortunately will not be able to listen to today. Yes, as of this week, all episodes of the show will be removed from your podcast service, but don't worry, because we'll be airing on Paramount Plus sometime in 2022. Let's fly. Um... Joining me on the show, despite that fact, are my two co-hosts, TV's Boyd Hilton and a woman who has just been appointed to the new role of Minister for Animation by the current British government, <laughs> Beth Webb. Sake. How are you both? <laughs> Already tired. Fair enough. Fair enough. You've had a lot of me today, to be fair, because you were on Empire this morning. So you've, you've had a lot of You've James. had a lot of me today. Yeah. Like Beth was just, when she agreed to be on the Empire I mean, podcast, so she does, this is four hours of dire, yeah. like genuinely. And yeah. let's let the listeners in on the... Uh, Woeful secret that we have we're taking us 44 minutes at this point yeah. where we're actually ready to record yeah. this podcast but that's you know, due to one thing and another yeah it, it, it's, it's not been great although having said that if people haven't listened to the most recent Empire podcast it does feature Beth's mum and dad <laughs> so if you wish to hear the podcast debut of wow. Mr and Mrs Webb then do listen to the latest Empire podcast why can't Empire we get podcast. Mr and Mrs Webb on this podcast maybe we can get my gran on or something I yeah. don't know do your parents yeah. listen to this podcast Beth they do now okay good good <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Webb. <laughs> Loved having you on Empire. Um, so, so, do we wait for news or do we get straight into this Star Look, Trek the shit? The vein like... is already going. The blood is in your eyes. I mean, <laughs> wait a minute. Is this a revolutionary um, change in the format and structure of the podcast? What do we get into this particular burning issue? Well, I'm just thinking if people didn't understand the introduction, my yes, slightly passag dig yeah. at Paramount. Uh, obviously, just we, yeah, just, just general ag. We did discuss this last week and we speculated as to why Netflix were conspicuously quiet about the absence of Star Trek Discovery. And yet now we know it's because they no longer have access to Star Trek Discovery because not only did season four not arrive, as promised, but the whole of Star Trek Discovery was removed from Netflix, has been expunged, deleted from the entire service. It has gone. There is no more Star Trek Disco. Sorry, Beth. Uh, and it will be arriving on Paramount Plus at some point in 2022 for those of us who don't live in the US and Canada for people there then it's fine because it's on Paramount Plus over there but for the rest of us we're all going to have to wait so Paramount Plus is coming to the UK yes the UK? Though, though it should be made clear so Paramount Plus is going to be part of the Sky package now Boyd you're the expert on all things Sky slash now so is it going to be part of the base package you're going to have to pay extra for it like stars pay what's it going to be no, how are we going to get it I don't think I think well so funnily enough Peacock and other news this was also going to be mentioned in news by me. It's all thrown um, off. It's all it. thrown like, by this, podcast this, this last, minute, last bit of format change. Yeah. Um, Peacock arrived this very week, or last week, sorry, now by the time this podcast goes yeah. out, um, on Sky, on the Sky slash Now platform, and it's just arrived as a kind of bonus thing. So it's like, if in, in it's there for you. In like your, an early Christmas present. Yeah, in the homepage, mm. if you like, or whatever the fuck it's called, of Sky Q, which is what I use, it says there, Peacock. And then if you go to the app section, which is where Amazon Prime Video is, or Prime Video, what the fuck they're calling themselves now. <laughs> the, 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 the channel formerly known as Amazon. Yes. Yeah. Um, even though, by the way, 
Right, because someone tweeted us about this. Oh, God, there's so many diversions, but <laughs> I didn't mean to say this. Someone was saying, because I was talking about how Amazon Prime Video, yeah. some of the PRs now want us to call it Prime Video yeah. Yeah. for their, but their originals, they still call them Amazon Originals. Okay, that's, this is Amazon Originals. And they're not Prime Video <laughs> Originals. It's like, well, they're Amazon Originals on your Prime Video yeah. fucking sure. thing, whatever. So there's that. Um, so in the SkyQ anyway platform, which is what I use, um, there's a bit called Apps, which is where Prime Video is, and Netflix. So Netflix gets its own section. So it's kind it does, of like yeah. it's 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 you don't have to pay extra for it though, which okay. is good. And I'm assuming that that's how Paramount Plus will arrive in a similar style to Peacock. And actually, I don't understand because Peacock they did not. So they they announced a few months ago that Peacock was going to arrive at some point. Right on SkyQ, same as they did a few weeks later with Paramount+. Plus, They didn't even... Um, and so, for example, last last week when we recorded the podcast, we did not know no. that it was going to arrive. No. It was literally about two a day's notice. And they said, oh, you'll get you'll all get... Peacock will arrive on your platform. Well, I don't understand why they can't, with Paramount+, Plus, bring it forward. Bring whenever... Just just start the... Just give us it on the fucking platform. It shouldn't be too complicated. There's to... almost certainly some sort of territorial licensing issue or reasons. I mean, there's bound to be stuff. But sure. I don't imagine it all but... hinges... Much as I think it all hinges around Star Trek, there's obviously more to it than that. But what I do think, though, is I think they fucked it. It's a real fuck-up because they, you know, to announce that this is happening and then remove all the existing episodes from Netflix mm. and then make us wait, as you say, months for in, into the next year before we get to see the next season, when they could have, if they really, I think, it's not beyond the wit of man, surely, and slash woman, to plan this and go, <laughs> well, we'll we'll somehow make it available. Yeah. We'll just, yeah. We, we will bring it forward. And yeah. it, it, this is the big fuck up to me. And that's why everyone's so furious. Mm. Because, well, it's also quite complex, isn't it? Because Netflix co-financed the series, didn't they? Like, So it's not yeah. just a, a distribution. Yeah. Like They don't just have the rights yeah. to air it. They partly poured money into it. So now they've taken on the whole, Paramount have now taken on the whole financial burden of the show and exclusive broadcast rights. Uh, and we won't get Paramount Plus till next year, hence we are without Star Trek. But as a lot of people pointed out, you know, and I don't want to pigeonhole people in any way, shape or form, but I'm going to say if if there is, I don't know, a demographic that maybe is more inclined to nerdery and piracy, <laughs> I'm saying the Star Trek audience probably fits that Venn diagram somewhere. <laughs> I'm saying a lot of these Trekkies are not going to wait. They're just going to find a way to get it of either bit torrenting or whatever yeah, the kids course, use or yeah. they'll just use a VPN and yeah. get American Paramount yeah. Plus and watch it here in the UK yeah. which I'm sure is not that difficult so um, yeah it's 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 it's. I think the problem with this is like it's been badly communicated like, so to drop badly. it like two days by the way yeah. in two days time Star Trek will be deleted like yeah. you know what oh um, and to leave us hanging to leave us hanging you know to not let people know I mean us is, is, is one thing but I mean fans of the show the fans of the show yeah. knowing that it was going to arrive yeah. in the States as usual and then mm. you know presuming that Netflix would show it the next day yeah. as I did and I wrote a preview about as well, I mentioned last week in Heat Magazine yeah, yeah. Yeah. it's it's ridiculous that they didn't and they, then they put the announcement out which you which you spoofed in your magnificent <laughs> intro but it doesn't deserve to be spoofed because it's almost like they tried to make it possible it's David Brent it was a Brent it was moment very it Brent. was very Brent it was like it will all be unified and they're like yeah. let's fly yeah. it's like it's going to be great not... we're going to make you wait months to see it <laughs> you losers not, there is no upside yeah, to this there no is no upside. spin that makes yeah. this positive and by the way I, at some point I suddenly realised that I really Star Trek Discovery is the one I really really liked mm. and enjoyed as well every time we reviewed it we reviewed I think probably the first episode of the last few series it's yeah. a really I, I that's great. It. Yeah. It's great. The last so, season was less good than the others, but it was. Uh, it's, it's still been good. really inventive. You know, beautifully made thing. Right. And um, sagely, not watching a single episode of it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but I think you know. But it, it's annoying because yeah, it's just yeah. shooting themselves in the foot. The whole thing. And mm. what the other thing is, I mean, I could I could rant about this for hours, Beth. But 
it it puts into into real focus the problem with these streamers. It yeah. really does, doesn't it? It's like you know, to, to originally we were all presented with the idea that Netflix was the home of everything, mm. effectively TV wise, and it became too successful, really, almost for its own good. I mean, they they wouldn't say this, but in terms of the industry and the way TV gets disseminated and 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 distributed, yeah. And now they've got all the rivals, so they've all got their own fucking expensive subscription services, and you'd have to be and and we're very privileged, you know. I feel incredibly be lucky that I don't have to pay, you know, I yeah. pay for some of them and others because we're journalists and we get sent the stuff in advance. But yeah. for normal fans of TV who listen to our podcast, I think it's outrageous that they're expected to spend all this money on extra on all this extra different content even bearing in mind I know that Paramount Plus and Peacock will be no extra charge but if you want access but if you didn't have access to them before you're going to have to get Sky now, yeah. slash well, now. And exactly. this is, so how is it going to affect I don't know how does it affect now for example like if you're a now person not a Sky person like are you going to be able to get it there how which package do you need is it the entertainment package is there an extra bolt on package like what is it I'm yeah. pretty sure it will be the entertainment package yeah you would think um, and I'm assuming that it is available now I will, because, I will double check but I, 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 it's an assumption I'm I mean, I understand what kind of Sky are doing, because Sky is at risk of becoming a very anachronistic service, isn't it? But for the simple reason that it's very expensive to get satellite TV, whereas all the streaming services are a lot cheaper. And even now, if you go for the three packages plus the 4K thing, it's still only, what, 35 quid a month. So it's a lot cheaper than getting a full satellite service. Uh, And if the HBO, or when, the HBO deal does expire, I think Sky then there's a slight existential issue there. So obviously getting all these other services as part of that offering, yeah. I guess, bolsters their offering and makes it more worthwhile, getting sort of future proofs it slightly. 100%. But in, in a way, they've they've kind of ended up, because they, ha- they are getting these other services all in one place, because you can get them, you know, and sometimes you have to pay extra, sometimes you don't. Mm. Um, they have packages that include Netflix within the, within the monthly fee, for example, yeah. and they are getting Peacock, and we are getting Paramount Plus, albeit next year mm. unless they change their mind miraculously the next by the time this podcast goes out so in fact it, it could end up with them having the most the easiest simplest solution well, well, yeah, but it's yeah. still pay TV you're still yeah. paying for it whether yeah. you get paying for your subscription to Sky or your, or your memberships to Now or whatever you're still paying extra for it on top of when you were just watching Star Trek Discovery on Netflix yeah. so it is it's fucking complicated, isn't it? Yeah. It's the bottom it is. Line. Yeah. So to keep track of this stuff, well, to not, and, and, and as you said right at the beginning, to get back to that simple fact, we did not know where right. we could watch this major, huge show with a massive fan yeah. base, one of the most iconic franchises in TV history. We had no idea yeah. where we were going to watch it like the week before it was supposed to Until air. literally like four yeah. or five days before it broadcast. We yeah. had absolutely no idea if or when. I'd be, I'd be interested to know what was going on behind the scenes there because it must be... It must be complicated. pretty dramatic yeah. for it to drop. For them not only to just not communicate that whatsoever, but to withdraw with things like when Heat's gone to print, which is a massive source of entertainment news. Mm-hmm. Like to, to misinform people and to let down publications like that, <laughs> to get a little yeah. bit tradey. Uh, Something pretty, pretty shitty must have gone on. It must have been co- the complexity of the negotiation, <laughs> sure. And as you said, the fact that the Netflix has paid for, I mean, they must have paid for season four, must you they? Think, to a yeah. large extent. And, so and I now, don't know what. So that, imagine that that conversation, so, that negotiation. Mm. Well, w- sorry, we've paid for this fucking thing, and now you don't want us to show this thing. And they, they must have compensated them massively. And the, this is all, you know, mm. th- there should be a drama. I want a Ryan <laughs> Murphy, <laughs> this is Ryan what Murphy, yeah. I want Ryan Murphy to make a ten-part series giving him the about. Yeah. Stop giving him rape. Netflix versus Paramount. Netflix versus Paramount. Star Trek. Trekking. Netflix v. Paramount. American 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 streaming wars. American streaming wars. It is is a a fascinating... 
story and that, yeah god knows what it must have been negotiations must have been going on to, yeah to the last man unless they just completely don't give a don't give a shit about what people are planning to watch and what people need to know but it's what you said about sky in, uh, earlier is actually quite an interesting one which is the holy grail of this is integration isn't it yeah. so it's bringing these disparate threads together and i think apple tv do it decently like they try and unify them within that app and i was playing around with the amazon fire thing. Sorry, the Prime Video Fire Stick. Uh, sorry, I was playing around the Amazon Fire Stick recently, and that has that tries to sort of simplify things together. And SkyQ, again, is another way of kind of drawing things together. But it's just, it gets to the point where you don't want to wade through, like, acres and acres of awful UI, sorry, Amazon, uh, <laughs> to find the thing that you want to see. Like, because mm. sometimes it's just like, where the fuck is this thing hiding? I don't want to be playing Where's Wally? I just want to watch something. <laughs> where is it? It's very upsetting. All, all of them have. I find all of the um, like the home pages of uh, weird. Some like Netflix. Sometimes the biggest show that you think, well, you, you assume in, mm. in your, you know, then your mind is a big show, and it, it takes ages to find it. Sometimes it's it, it's you know the the um, because they're also reliant on uh, technical technological issues of ways of discovering stuff that is clearly flawed heavily flawed yeah these um, algorithms are much more concerned with algorithms make, that's the word yeah. I was looking for thank you <laughs> making you watch the things <laughs> yeah. they want you to watch as opposed to the stuff you are trying to watch yes um, it's yeah it's, it's a slightly we just need to go back to terrestrial telly we need to go back to four channels <laughs> four channels when I were a lad Beth yeah three channels well, and you were thankful for it <laughs> we want to go back to four terrestrials I genuinely remember yeah. the day the channel four launched it's actually true I remember when five launched yeah. was yeah. spicy Girls launched Channel 5. Yeah. Was, yes, uh, I remember that. I was yeah, much yeah. later. Channel 4, the first thing I saw on Channel 4 was some kind of war film and I remember a bomber flying over the sea in black and white. I don't know what that was. Perhaps someone can tell me. Don't know. But yeah, four channels, terrestrial, flip back and forth. Everything you need. Yeah, everything Radio you need. Times with your marker. That's it. Let's Absolutely go back to that. Fine. VHS, bring it back. <laughs> mm. I do wonder whether in, you know, what it's going to be like in five, ten years, like whether oh, it'll be like I'll this. I'll kill you know, yeah, It'll, be, it'll mean, just be like a, a constant ether surrounding you powered by Amazon, not Prime, not Video. And you just have to like blink at what you want to watch. It'll like come at you. I just, I do think weirdly, like services like Sky might be onto something, which is splurge a load of cash to just get as much as you can under one roof. Oh, 100%. because pe yeah. for some people, especially like, like if you're slightly, I don't want to be ageist anyway, but if you're not particularly tech savvy, if you are quite a bit older, it's so baffling. And then like, I just want to watch a TV show. Yeah. Where do I find it? You it's know, not ageist. I haven't got a fucking clue. <laughs> like, I really don't. I mean, to be fair, Beth, you've only had a TV for what six months, so <laughs> I understand that there's a learning curve yeah. here. So. <laughs> Oh, to know where to watch. And the, and the other thing someone pointed on Twitter, I saw, which is absolutely true, is this whole idea that, you know, we can now watch everything somewhere at the flick, at the touch of a button and it will stream and we can watch it in our own time. is also a complete fiction because, of course, things get, not just Star Trek, but loads of things get taken off yeah. one service yeah. and then you wait for it to land on another. And sometimes, so one of the interesting things about Peacock arriving, for example, is that there are loads of Peacock shows that are already like Sky Comedy shows mm. and now they're late branded. It's like Saturday Night Live I was looking at. I was thinking, oh, so they've got, you can watch Saturday Night Live, yeah. which is on Sky Comedy, but it's also now on Peacock. And it's isn't an Friday Night show. Lights now All on? All of Friday Night Lights. Peacock. All of House what, is that? on there. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Beth is great. You should watch it. It's watch brilliant. It. You should that definitely watch it. Yeah. <laughs> Bansock Galactica. Yes. Right? Now, all of these, so, so, but some of these things have been branded as part mm. of different Sky Channel. Is it the same thing? Is it the, exactly the same HG mm. transfer? I'm like, it just adds another layer. It's fucking confusing. Yeah. And Friday Night Lights is on all four as well, I think. Yes. So it's in both places. Yeah, it's in both places. Yeah. So it's really confusing. And I just think it's, 
we've sold the idea of the freedom to watch stuff in our own time and to binge stuff, but it's actually, it's, it's becoming increasingly clear that it's a bit like, it's a bit scary, this whole world and confusing yeah. and not, and I don't feel free about it at all. And I'm like, I've got mostly <laughs> free access to all this stuff one way or another. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a normal consumer, yeah. you know, I mean, it is, yeah. it is bewildering. And add to that the fucking laptop wired contraption necessary to watch Dexter screeners and you know the whole thing just becomes quite <laughs> Don't difficult to deal you with started on that Don't. Yeah. I got another one I, I will not name the show I actually won't this time another show <laughs> came through on that same cursed <laughs> cursed streaming platform yeah. and yeah. I was Absolutely incandescent about were. it. I was yeah. furious. Also, I watched the thing the other day. This is uh, this is so first world TV. <laughs> this is beyond. I mean, this is literally just spoiled TV critic <laughs> ponce. I mean, that's complaints. Yeah. But I got a screener the other day. You know, you you were saying last week about how you were getting fed up with watching things with Boyd Hilton. Yeah, I had one, this one the other day where the whole top quarter of the screen is taken up by saying when the when the um, embargo is on this thing. It literally was like embargo episodes four, five. Six, and then my name <laughs> and, and constantly throughout the whole thing not taken off at any point throughout the whole fucking thing I was I felt like I was reviewing my mm. own embargo notice <laughs> I, um, I, I don't know quite what the point is of that stuff because I, I kind of feel like does this stuff that's sent to critics I mean how often does it ever really get pirated yeah. Yeah. I just I like again I respect Netflix who are just really subtle with their watermarking on yeah. it it's very small it doesn't interrupt the show like I had to watch all of the Wheel of Time with my name across the centre of the screen in very very large letters I'm sure you didn't quite enjoy that <laughs> I mean yes <laughs> yeah. being yeah. a part of I mean, Wheel of you, Time in every single exactly. way I mean, lovely, if you could but... have your name imposed on June when it arrives I'm sure you would <laughs> yeah oh sure God. okay yeah. fair enough uh, wow we, we alright well so that was the entitlement segment we've, uh, yeah. we've never covered that I think yeah. uh, shall we move on to what we've been watching and speaking of entitlement, uh, so I've been watching something that I cannot talk about, um, because <laughs> which both of you know, but I cannot talk about. I got to see some early episodes of something yesterday, which isn't airing until quite a bit into next year, and I was over the actual moon about it, so... But it's a secret. That was fascinating. Thank you so much. Yeah, for I mean that. that I mean that's that. just literally yeah. boasting, Beginning, pointless boasting about ends. something. Right, so I can't talk about what it is. So let's get on to what you've been watching. <laughs> I mean, oh my god! That was, I mean, that was really dreadful. That <laughs> that's the premium right through Italy. Live review. <laughs> of, live review of um, your terrible accent, little joke. Italy well, the best joke. part of that is because the accent is so terrible. People yeah. are still like, I still have no idea what you're talking yeah. about. And, yeah. <laughs> anyway, that was dreadful. Yeah. The well. other thing I've been watching, Boyd, is I, I followed you down the Sinner rabbit hole on iTunes, uh, and I'm now I'm yes. say up to date. So I think we've had five or six. I yeah. can't remember how many I've watched. Well, oh, it's really good, isn't it? It's no great, spoilers yeah. for the inevitable review that we will do. Yeah, it's, but really, it's really good. I'm enjoying yeah. the Sinner yeah, a great same. Deal. Yeah, I forgot about. When you're buying mm. off Apple. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's yeah. on iTunes. Yeah, mm. it's pathetic, isn't it? Yeah. It's not no, pathetic. it's not. It's amazing. It's just annoying that that is another way that you have to watch. There's another variation on it. Or if we weren't such entitled twats, we could just wait for it to appear on Netflix. But that's yeah. another random thing, by the way. That you know, the shows that arrive on iTunes that are on other streaming platforms, mm. not Apple streaming platforms. Like this is a this is a it's a USA show and mm. it's on iTunes and some other shows that are on similar channels don't pop on iTunes. I mean, Star Trek Discovery might be on iTunes for a while, for all now. Who knows? It might end up. Could be. It's possible. Well, strange That's things interesting. Happen. Yeah. Now now he's now I'm here. excited. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's possible. These things happen. I'm 100 percent checking to see. Yeah. Exactly. We have to check. Um. But yeah, it's really good, isn't it? I think it's I think it's um it's up there. Well, no need to review that one now. Yeah. Um, 
<laughs> uh, what have you guys uh, been been watching this week? Actually, not that very much. That said, and I do have to be really annoying and say that I watched a few episodes of something that I can't talk about. <laughs> really fucking enjoyed it, but in spite of, I was just saying because James put me onto it because I had to do it for an interview and I was like oh I'm good because I thought I'd, I'm really excited about this one and I was like oh Christ here we go and then I watched it and it was actually really really good so yeah I'm also during this fucking annoying camp of stuff I can't talk about but I watched that uh, finished the other two which was the, the comedy I was speaking about last week but I haven't been able to watch very much partly because again another week where everything is over an hour long and like mm. really, really stuff that you have to invest in. So I've had to watch that. Not that it's going to cloud my, my criticism of it mostly. Um, That's a very James cr- complaint, by the way. That well, the really shows that you're saying the shows we're reviewing in this on this podcast are, are too long. <laughs> That's that is classic James. And let's just say, what is happening? I mean, there's I mean, there's one show that he hasn't even bothered watching that he could easily have plenty of time to get hold of. Fact, <laughs> I love yes, the way you were really doing that. I was like, I, it doesn't appear to me when I watch this. And Bob's like, ask oh, the publicist. I was like, boy, it's ten o'clock at night. <laughs> or the next morning, had all morning to do it. <laughs> Don't tell me you've been recording other podcasts. I mean, whatever. I have. I legitimately have. Um, so yeah just just I'm sorry that was not much of an answer and also I've had to watch those Tom Cruise films this week for the Empire ranking you have so it's a dud week for me I'm so sorry but the other the other two is really really fun and on 4OD and I would I would suggest that you watch that does this mean you still haven't watched the Goop show of course I, I haven't <laughs> stop like why have you like I'm never going to watch it you know what I forgot actually after you'd, after you'd been on about it yeah. which was so weird did you watch I, it no I, I, well I started watching it and it was too much I can't it's I, awful. I couldn't face it <laughs> really? how far did you get oh well literally about five minutes into the first episode <laughs> yeah. I mean oh my god yeah. Emily is, is, is comical it's basically Gosh. yeah people couples talking about inserting things oh right yeah. okay yeah um I I wanted to mention, by the way, that just on Succession, uh, that everyone seemed to go absolutely crazy for last week's episode, which was the um, annual shareholder meeting episode, which was so I because I because again, you know, fucking privileged twat of the year (laughs) award. But we got sent the seven episodes each, didn't we? Yeah, we did. So and and you you forget because obviously I binged all those in one go. I think I watched them all twice, actually. So I then (laughs) went back to remind myself how good this episode was, which is brilliantly entitled Retired Janitors of Idaho. And it was so fucking good. Absolutely amazing. Amazing. Yeah. But then I'm saying, though, as brilliant as the episode was, and loads of people saying this is the best episode so far, and they may be right, but Too Much Birthday, which is next week's one, episode is that next seven. Week? No, so not the one. So as we this comes out on Monday, not that one. Yeah. The one after. That is the birthday one, episode seven. I thought it's yeah. not. Oh shit. Yeah, it is. Too much birthday. And that is, that is isn't my favourite. That yeah. is the favourite That is, I mean, yeah. I think you ain't seen nothing yet, basically. If you yeah. thought the if you thought that one was amazing, yeah. wait should you get to this one. So I wanted to mention that. Um T- Tiger King. I've been watching Tiger King too. I've heard uh, quite Baskin's a lot Robin. Of, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've heard quite a lot of backlash about this. People yeah. saying it's quite it, I mean, it is quite it, it's ethically shady, but I've heard it this mm. was pretty shameless. Do you know what? I, I I started watching it and I and I was totally on the ethical ethical shamelessness of it and yeah. the um the kind of exploitativeness yeah. of it and all of that and um I was kind of I was thinking oh this is bad now and you know I think I'm fed up with the whole story and all these horrible people being yeah. not glamorized I mean it's almost the opposite of being glamorized in a way they're being they're being held up for ridicule yeah um you know in many ways I think anyway um 
and and you can't but ridicule these characters. People like Joe Exotic, who's who's in prison, who is featured on like you know Zoom chats from prison, by the way, yeah, throughout. Um, and all his associates and lovers and ex and, and husbands and um, exes and business partners. They're all most of them are. You know what people people euphemistically call larger than life. They are, but they're you know Carol Baskin. You know all of these people are preposterous to some extent or another, yeah. and you can watch it with that from that basis, kind of almost in a like it's a comedy, like it's a real life comedy playing right. out. And of course, there are still, as far as I'm aware, one if not two fictional scripted versions of this story to come. But then, I, do you know what? I started actually watching it, and it is still. An absolutely fascinating story. Really, it just it it, and I couldn't stop watching it. Okay. So I have to credit the filmmakers. He says quickly, um, Eric <laughs> Eric Good and Rebecca Chalkin, um, for they know what they're doing. Yeah. The way they structured the way they structured the original was brilliant. Yeah. I have to say, did you watch? Did you, all the, I watched the yeah. first. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember how they kept back certain like facts, like yeah. some people who ended up being dead, for yeah. example? In case anyone hasn't watched any of it yet, there are still people out there. I won't spoil it, but they're very clever in parceling out, which is, I guess, you know, one of the rudimentary keys of making documentaries but yeah. nevertheless some people don't do it better than others and I think they are that you know there's a lot of there are a lot of different characters in this yeah. story there are a lot of um different kind of avenues and blind alleys yeah. and kind of um, details but the way they structure it is very clever and smart and it is incredibly addictive viewing and even though I hate a lot of these people and particularly the way they exploit these poor, these brilliant animals these beautiful animals and yeah. it is exploitation it's still an extremely gripping story. Yeah. And you still want to know what happens now. And Will, you know, so that part of the, the series is following the Tiger Group's campaign, his supporters' campaign to get him pardoned by Trump. And you almost get that reminder. It's mentioned in the Trump press conference. And the, and, and you, you've got that partly reminder that, that America under Trump was what that was like. Yeah. I know, it's, yeah. you know, I think it wasn't that long ago, but yeah. it was a very different mood and tone. Yeah. And a reminder of that is fascinating. And then you meet other people you didn't even meet in the first series who have like exes, ex-lovers, ex-partners of um, Joe Exotic. And you catch up on his current people who are still kind of obsessed with him or why mm. people are obsessed with him. It covers Carol Baskin and what, you know, how the awful time she's had, she gets, you know, the abuse she's had from people who are still banging on about her having something to do with the death or disappearance. <laughs> of her ex-husband yeah. oh, and it is it's just it is endlessly gripping I found it endlessly gripping I couldn't stop yeah. watching it so I can't really you know take a kind of big moral stance of something that I actually had to carry on watching <laughs> because it would be you know it would be uh, it would be um, gratuitous on me but there are just there are some amazing moments still really? like you know remember that Carol Baskin went on Dancing with the Stars for example you know Carol, <laughs> uh, the, the equivalent of Strictly yeah. you know this woman who's like complaining she's still as far as I'm aware in, in legal dispute with over net with Netflix she's over the second season. With everybody at the moment. With everybody, <laughs> yeah. And he's not happy about the way she's been treated by... And now she's... But she's going, she goes on Dancing with the Stars as a celebrity, yeah. you yeah. know. And she wants us to take herself seriously as this converse, conservation, yeah. not conversation, conservationist, looking after the animals yeah. that Joe Exotic exploited. It is endlessly fascinating look at the insanity of this whole world. Have you seen the stuff where um, Daisy May Cooper has been hiring Carol Baskin to record threats to her publisher? Yeah, fantastic. It yeah. is yeah. amazing because yeah. allegedly Penguin are not paying Daisy May Cooper of, of this country fame to uh, the last like 
check for her book for her publishing deal so she's getting carol baskin she's communicating solely through carol baskin <laughs> and these recorded <laughs> threats to penguin it's it's it is fantastic it's absolutely extraordinary yeah oh and the loose women pop up at one point there's a clip of loose women in in the um which i was not expecting in um tiger king james, Super. james is looking askance at the whole thing well it's the collision of things i don't care about together yeah. Is, yeah. is you know yeah you magnifying watch? my no no never nor will I ever. Yeah. <laughs> of course. There's also a place where I keep thinking of things I, I noted down. There's also um, one of the the Tiger King blokes is now in charge of a club called Sausage Castle. Oh, yeah. Um, is that where you went on Saturday yes, night? Yes, yes. When I went clubbing last weekend, <laughs> oh, yeah. there was two Sausage Castle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. It was fun that we were, but I was I was in a club as well. Were you actually? Genuinely, I thought yeah. you were just being incredibly sarcastic. I was being sarcastic I'm as well. I'm here. I fell asleep at 10 to 9 on Saturday night. Oh, what wow. is going I, on? I left before 4. I mean, I got back at 2, 2.30, I think, yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Was Mine it? was a birthday. Mine was, um, it was in, it was in um, fashionable East End, Hackney. Oh, Ooh, I was yeah. in Sloan Square. What, what, is, what? You've changed. <laughs> Clubbing in Sloan Square. Was this like Square. an extended date? No, no, it was nothing like that. When we went with some friends. Uh, we went to, We uh, honestly, we went to a nightclub, as the youth call it, uh, for tacos, because it, it did tacos. Why I didn't choose it, I just went along for the ride. Ended up going there. There's a whole thing where they have to take your driving license when you go in and scan it through a machine. I was like, I, when I last went to a nightclub what? in the late I mean, there, there may be a whole thing at um, that place, but well, there maybe, was a whole thing. Maybe it's the... a Sloan Square thing. But yeah, so they had and so we went there for tacos and then there was a point when obviously we were the only ones there because we got there at like 11 or something and that's quite early for a club (laughs) and uh, when it started to fill up and they cranked the music up I was like I can't hear what people are saying we need to leave (laughs) so we went to a hotel bar and hung out there for a while Oh, um, so you kind so of. So I wasn't at the nightclub before oh, I am. I went so clubbing. You were at the yeah. Eating tacos. You, yeah. you left I went clubbing and is. I got in at 4 a.m. And those two right. statements are 100% now true. Now we're getting the truth. <laughs> They're just not. But it's all coming out the same now. sentence. Yeah. yeah. That's more. Yeah. That was like. How, yeah. You, you not be able to speak because it's yeah. too loud. Yeah. Yeah. When I was in the bar, yeah. I, when I was in the club, I was literally sitting in the corner eating tacos. And then when the tacos were done, I was like, can we go now? <laughs> we are here for the tacos. The tacos have been eaten. Let's now depart. <laughs> From this nightclub in Sloane Square, well, I don't know why I'm here. on a tabletop with Ricky Gervais, probably, and you're there eating a taco yeah. on yeah. a crowded well, dance floor. Yeah, Russell Tovey. It was oh. Russell Tovey. Of course, <gasps> it was. It was his fortieth. Yeah. Is wow. he? Is he Doctor Who? Um, I no idea. Generally, no idea. But I, do you know what? There were so many. There, let's just say there were. It's the Sin cast members there, right? Oh, Obviously, I, that must be so much fun. Yeah, there were um, loads of a couple of other really great actors there so, and I, I did say to someone at one point if, if the next Doctor is not in this room right now I will be amazed um, but I didn't go from one to the other asking them, asking them I thought that would I mean, be Boyd, intrusive I mean Boyd I feel you've kind of shirked your responsibility as Slightly, a crack yeah. pilot TV journalist yeah. to get the exclusive on a nightclub on Saturday night yeah and just, such is the state of you know, giddiness and yeah. let's face it, drunkenness. That I probably, probably, if I'd have asked, them, just I would have yeah. found out. Yeah, would have kept to myself though. I'm very good at that. You've probably forgotten. Like the famous you? story. I told you. I must have told the story about when Matt Smith showed me a picture of himself on the set of the doc, of the Doctor Who anniversary <laughs> I special. I think you did. No. Oh yeah, in in um Matt, in Soho House one night. Um, <laughs> Very, very late. I think it was like 2am or something. And it was in the toilet of one of the Soho House. And Matt Smith, who I met a couple of times, hosted a few Doctor Who, you know, um, season launches and things. He showed me the picture of him and Tom Baker on his phone, which was a massive secret. Um, Matt of, of the, Smith. Yeah. Matt Smith just don't give a shit, does he? And he was like, yeah, don't tell anyone. How amazing is this? I was like, that is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. And I kept it absolute secret and didn't tell anyone. I, mean, I don't didn't... think he quite realised that, you know, he he, he what he'd remembered he'd showed me. Yeah. yeah. Um, because he likes to laugh, Matt Smith, that's for yeah. sure. Oh, yeah, that was one of the great moments ever. Um, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah. 
That's very funny. Yes, our Saturday nights were different. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There was also a lot of drag in, in my in my Saturday nights. I'm well. very yeah. jealous. Yeah. I want to be at that party eating a taco. Yeah, I yeah. think the, the yeah, two things enough. combined would yeah. probably work well. Yeah. Yeah. Should uh, we have a listener yes. question? Beth, would you like to introduce this week's question? I mean, yes. All right. That was natural. That was so That's simple. natural. And it's in no way because my phone isn't here and I can't look at it. But carry on. All right. It's from Gareth Brooks. Question for the pod. This has probably already been asked in a previous listener question, but perhaps for oh, new Gareth. listeners like myself, what is the greatest ever pilot episode of a TV show? And what is the worst pilot that actually was an amazing show? I imagine we have at some point talked about this before, but given how long we've been doing this podcast, I yeah. genuinely don't remember. So sure, let's let's do this again. So what 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 are the greatest pilots of all time? That's quite a tall ask. I often find that the second part of this is quite interesting because because pilots have to do so much heavy lifting. You yeah. do very regularly get quite laboured pilots that become great shows. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's tricky, isn't yeah, it? Like, it, it is, is tricky, tricky. And I do love to see the transition from the pilot to the money. Mm. Like the hairstyle, suddenly <laughs> glossy, high, beautiful. Like the sets, much better. Um, but yeah, some of them really do set... like. The worst for me, I would say, which went on to be an amazing show, was The American Office. And that's not to say it was a really bad show, but it really did. I mean, it's indicative of the whole first season of The American Office in that it really did try to kind of coast off the back of The Office, like shot for shot in some cases. And it was only when it started to do its own thing that it became really, really good. But off the back of that pilot, I was like, what, what was the point of this? <laughs> really, what was the point of this? I was really uninvested. And now I, I, I love it. Mm. I love The US Office. That was probably the worst for me in yeah. terms of what in terms of setting the tone for a show that was that was probably the worst similarly I was thinking Parks and Rec was also Parks and Recreation had a very but that was the whole first season wasn't it well first two seasons oh, okay. um, but the pilot was particularly not mediocre just mediocre um, you know introducing too many characters and and it was caught up in the concept because it was yeah. that was supposed to be I feel like it was supposed to be loosely tied to yes, the office yes, wasn't it, it? Was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah it was a very similar situation I think and and I think um, Parks Rec took even much longer than The Office to find its feet and to become a oh I loved it in the second season did you like yeah. the second season okay I mean I haven't gone back and watched it I have to say the second season yeah. so maybe I should maybe I'll have a look and the other one the other sitcom legendary not amazing pilot was Seinfeld which was the Seinfeld you Chronicles because right. <laughs> I'm very predictable my, my answers in the same way that when uh, that we, Buffy used to be the answer to every single listener question <laughs> no matter what it was what's the best English period drama well Buffy an episode. <laughs> um, uh, but I do answer Seinfeld pretty much to everything but the the, op- the 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 pilot episode which was called the Seinfeld Chronicles yeah um, and introduced the whole idea that Jerry was going to was a stand up comedian and what's how does he get his 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 inspiration for his jokes and yeah. his bits was the kind of loose idea of it. Yeah, but it's just a very slow. It's yeah. this pace you notice. Yeah, that those. I mean, again, similar to what I was saying about Parks. The, I think the first one slash two seasons of Seinfeld are very slow and clunky, and there's brilliant moments in them. Yeah, and George yeah. is a brilliant character right from the off and all that, but <laughs> it definitely suddenly flies. It starts flying in the third season. Yeah, completely. Um, 
and the but the best I think lost because mm. my feelings about lost yeah. as, uh, as I've expressed many times <laughs> that it totally fucked up the ending but and the whole of the last season and pretty much the whole of the most penultimate season when it went when it went parallel worlds and all that but that opening episode is incredible. astonishing was, and that kind of changed yeah. TV that I mean, was like a landmark yeah. for television um, and at a time when I was still Billy Four Channels <laughs> yeah. basically life changing yeah. like, it was on the fourth of your Billy Four Channels <laughs> yeah 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 Wednesday nights, I think it was at like nine. And I used to live for, for Wednesdays at nine. I used to live for Lost on a Wednesday night on yeah. Channel 4. Yeah. It was so good. It was phenomenal, yeah. Yeah. Um, just so ambitious and everything. It just, yeah. And in fact, the interesting, I think like the opposite to, I think it kind of, sometimes in, in drama, particularly in drama what pilots, I think, particularly in maybe fantasy sci-fi ones, where they put everything, all the effort into that pilot. Yeah. And actually things tail off quite yeah. quickly. I'm not saying that did happen with Lost. I still think the first three, maybe even four seasons of Lost were pretty impressive. Um, but there are a lot of shows where that, that, that put a huge amount into that opening yeah. episode and, the, the, and they do explain the high concept and introduce the cast and then it kind of becomes a bit of a letdown two or three episodes in. But Lost was... Huge. Massive, yeah. They were going to kill Jack off, weren't they? After the first pilot. Yes. Which is interesting. Um... Yeah, so Lost Sopranos has an amazing pilot with the ducks and the swimming pool. Um, I think is is absolutely wonderful, um, and the conversations with the therapist and just just instantly walking into that world feels so exciting. And meeting that character for the first time, I don't know. There, there are certain things you know when people say, oh, "I'm going to start watching this for the first time. I'm going to watch this for this. I'm going to cinema to see this for the first time." And you feel actually a little bit jealous that they get to mm. experience for that that for the first time again, and that was. That was definitely Sopranos. Breaking Bad has a great first episode. Yeah, as well. in the same way, like the concept, they introduce the concept and the and the core kind of characters brilliantly. It is a, it is a um, it starts at the end, of course, Breaking Bad, and then flashes back. Oh my god! Yeah. It's almost like everyone's yeah. decided they had to copy that format because of because that's that became prestige TV's yeah. narrative trickery, <laughs> which they employed very very brilliantly all throughout Breaking Bad yeah. really but certainly in that pilot in that first episode it's not mm. of course we haven't mentioned the West Wing yet because I think we just assumed that right, it's <laughs> the, West the Wing. correct answer for absolutely yeah. everything yeah. Um, I don't mention the West Wing pilot mainly because of my secret shame that I watched it when it first aired and, went home, eh, and didn't, didn't carry on <laughs> oh, yeah, watching it but we don't talk about that but we pretend no. it didn't happen Yeah, because it was very long and I was yes. young and stupid of course. so that's but that's it was fine. one it is one of the all time great pilots it is It is. we watched absolutely it is. back when we did our West Wing special indeed last yeah. year was that, was that this year Last year, I remember. I mean, time has no meaning. Yeah, time has no meaning. <laughs> yeah. But I was because I hadn't. I don't think I'd rewatched that for years. It's amazing. I mean, I know you yeah. watch it. Every I do. Few I months. genuinely did watch mm. it. I think last week because oh I'm, I'm start. I'm doing my annual wow. kind of like plow through. Uh, I, I haven't talked about it here because it, I I it's just assume that the assumption is that I'm always watching the West Wing at one point. So, uh, that is yeah. incredible. It is a brilliant, brilliant hour of TV. It brilliant is. 40 yeah. The first episode of Alias is another one. Actually, so much goes on in that. It feels like a Bond movie just on your TV, and it was just, it was a very propulsive first episode. I absolutely loved that when that first aired. Homeland as well is another one which had a yeah, fantastic Homeland was great. whole first season of Homeland yeah. is amazing. Yeah. And I think while it did become good again, it went through some very patchy. Seasons when I think it's because they were trying to work out what to do with Brody after that first, and couldn't work out what yeah. to do yeah, with him. I think once they lost Brody, it actually became a very different show, and it and it it became good again. But some of those latter Brody seasons were just like, oh, what? Getting bogged down in Brody's family, <laughs> yeah, uh, never no, get no bogged one. down in Brody. No. Um, <laughs> first episode of The Walking Dead is another one, incredibly oh good, yeah. incredibly yeah. good. Yeah, um, that's a very very good one. I always go back to the Shield actually when it comes to pilots because. 
you know, he's the main character. He's the protagonist. He literally shoots another cop in the face at the end, towards the end of that first episode. And he just, nothing quite lays out who he is. Like, he's a cop, you root for him, he's charismatic, he's corrupt as fuck, (laughs) and he literally murders another cop because he thinks, quite rightly, that that cop is going to rat him out. And so he shoots him in the face. Oh, that's pretty good. I do love the brutality, you know, the attention-grabbing acts in a pilot, but you're like, and that's that's obviously one of them. Yeah, it really is. Um, you know, one of course that I'm surprised uh, you didn't mention, but of course Beth hasn't seen it. But the first one of Friday Night Lights is amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But genuinely, a lot of people have been watching this recently yeah, yeah. Uh, since we've been talking about it. And just that, what happens to Jason Street? I won't spoil it. But that very first episode yeah. is incredible television. It yeah. really is. Like it really grabs you. What happens? Well, Beth, I don't want to spoil it for you. So, you know, I went to the scene. Oh, it's good to laugh. Yes, it is. It is. It's a joke that never gets old. Uh, any other surprise you didn't mention Atlanta? I Beth? was literally just about to, if you would have given me but a moment to breathe. I just assumed it was a show you haven't seen. So. <laughs> I had, yeah, I had a bit lined up for for Atlanta. I love that one because it's light on exposition. You meet all of the characters and I feel like you're, again, with like Tony Soprano, you're instantly engaged. Less so by by Donald Glover's character, but uh, Paperboy and and Lakeith Stanfield as well, which is the first thing I'd seen him in. I feel like it was his first, aside from Short Term 12 he was in. I hadn't really seen him in anything. And he's instantly, like the physicality of that man, the, the, the wild charisma he has is super interesting and then that show is so tonally ambitious as well that kind of twin peaks in like the nighttime in atlanta is just so interesting against the world of this kind of aspiring rapper everyone's poor everyone's mm. angry it's 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 so interesting so yes atlanta yes atlanta. <laughs> yes, atlanta. the good place has was great it probably. does yes. yeah that's a very good really good episode. Episode. like just because it's so bold for yeah. a, net, for a net, network yeah. comedy mm-hmm. sitcom you know mm. Um, with Ted Danson, to, 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 <laughs> yeah. just I was stunned by that. Do you know what? I would say the most excited I've ever been by the pilot of an episode is Twenty Four, like because when Twenty, because mm. I'd never seen anything like yeah. that mm. at that particular yeah. point in time, at the kind of early early sort of years of peak TV, but also just it being in real time and just the intensity of Kiefer Sutherland just going around just yelling at everyone (laughs) and like shooting his boss with a tranquilizer. You're like, what is happening? It was just, it was so insanely over the top and high octane and completely relentless. Um, That's, that's incredible. I feel like I'm cheating by saying this because I didn't watch it until right until like 20 years after it came out. Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) I imagine talking about Twin Peaks, the Twin Peaks pilot yes. was probably, yes. I, I feel like watching it so oh. far after it was released probably takes the thing out of the significance of it at the time. But I'm very glad you mentioned that because I would have totally forgotten. I, yeah. The Twin Peaks, absolutely, the, that first episode is a fucking masterpiece. Yeah. Yeah, it is yeah. incredible. And that is a show that I, need, that I need to watch that again. I did watch it a couple of years ago when it all came out on Blu-ray, I yeah. think, for the first time. But that first episode, yeah, is amazing. It's absolutely brilliant. amazing. And kind of... That is a little bit, there's a, I mean, fans of the show will, but there's a little bit of a tailing off. Certainly season two was 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 just, yeah, not great. But that first episode, yeah, it's fucking amazing. One more disappointing one, which I meant to mention, is Schitt's Creek. I do say to, I say to a lot of people, if you go, because Schitt's Creek, you know, Schitt's Creek now gets discussed on This Morning, you know, on ITV, and it's it's becoming a cultural, it has become a cultural phenomenon. But I always still say to people when they start to watch it the first time, don't expect that much from the first few episodes, yeah. possibly even the first season. To, it, I think, but in that first episode, 
they're just kind of irritating, all of yeah. them. It's like a gathering of irritating, spoiled people being irritating and spoiled at yeah. each other. Yeah. And I think it only finds its heart. And, and, um, it, you just the more you are with them, you understand yeah. why they are who they are, and I just think everything about it—the writing, the performances—is yeah. sharpened up as it goes along. So it's less I, bratty, doesn't it? Yeah, as they're kind of brought down to exactly. earth. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, I have. I think I think Schitt's Creek isn't a great pilot. Amazing that it went on to amazing and brilliant that it went on to its six yeah. seasons. Yeah. It's, I watched that first episode and was like, no, yeah. I'm done. Yeah, a lot of people mm-hmm. have that response. Also, it's a comedy. So, Of course, yeah. yeah. And quite a, quite an off comedy of excruciation as well. Mm-hmm. Oh, is it? Yeah, is I love it. it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, not entirely, but that is an element of it. Yeah, well, I, and yeah. probably, funny enough, probably less excruciation as it goes along and more sincerity, mm. more romance. That once the romance really kicks in, I think that's when it becomes like super special. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Well, I think... If we carry on, we're just going to be listing shows. So, uh, Gareth, I hope that has answered your question. If you have a question for us, do please send them to us either via Instagram or via Twitter at PilotTVPod. Shall we get on to the news? Have you heard? The Star Trek will not be... I know. We've done that. I know. Have you heard? The Peacock arrived on Sky platform this week. Oh, we've done so much news. But that gives us all the more time to talk about the trailer for The Expanse Season 6, which of course dropped this week and was everything we dreamed it would be and more. Isn't that right, Beth? I've not seen it and I've not seen The Expanse, so... So you have enough time. So you've got about two, maybe three weeks, I would say, until the final season of The Expanse drops on on Amazon and we end up reviewing it so you can watch all five seasons between now and then if you really put your mind to or it I'm saying you could have a life and, there is uh, no life outside the expansion. enjoy board. yourself have a good time yeah depending whichever I thought we, we we watched a great sorry I'm already moving on a little okay, bit from the expansion. No, carry on. But let's, let's, no no there's nothing carry on did it live up to your expectations James oh, <laughs> So much. Oh, boy, I can't even tell you. Yeah. It was magnificent. It actually made me sad more than anything because there's only six episodes and that just... That just That's oh. peak. Uh, that, that might yeah. swing me. It was shit. Unbelievable. <laughs> I thought what, when you said um, the trailer, I thought you were going to talk about the trailer that we all watched together in the, when, in the preparation for this. Oh, very bright. Well, okay. Chris and James were flapping yeah. about with levels. Yeah, Beth... Beth got the cranked up the internet and uh, showed us Pam and Tommy, <laughs> Pam and Tommy um, uh, trailer, yeah. which is coming arriving on uh, Disney Plus next year here in the UK. Yeah, Hulu in America. <laughs> um, and the trailer did look fantastic, I have to say. It's Great. a very, very exciting, brilliantly put together and edited trailer showing you. We've already seen pictures of Lily James. Um, as Pam incredible yeah, transformation yeah, yeah. Sebastian Stan as Tommy uh, it, it does look fantastic I think this might be Lily James's just based on that trailer this must like this might be Lily James's um, show like yeah. the big yeah. takeaway I mean there's plenty to talk about Seth Rogen Nick Offerman looking exquisite in a mullet and thick <laughs> the thick moustache is back um, I mean there's everything I mean you were saying and I'm so oh god I'm going to say his name you were saying I bet yeah. Ryan Murphy is angry that, mm. that he didn't get get his grips, his talons into yeah. this. Because this could be scandal. American Crime Story, Colin Pam and Tommy, Pam and Tommy, yeah. couldn't it? But could it's nice. It's, you it's... want to be careful, actually, Beth, because if you say his name three times while looking in a mirror, a new series drops on Netflix. So, uh... <laughs> a new series based on the true story of a scandal, a bit like this one. Um, but this, oh, so this is actually God. Rob Siegel has written this. Yeah. Directed by Craig Gillespie. Um, oh yeah, of yeah. Lars and the Real Girl. Yes. Yeah. Obviously, loads. Oh, and I Tonya, obviously. I Tonya and Cruella. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so I Tonya, I guess, is the you can tell I Tonya for now. You yeah. think it, that the tone of the trailer is very I Tonya, isn't it? And it's interesting you made the comparison to because you were saying that she reminds you of Margot Robbie in this, and that is yeah. very, yes. very much that same kind of strand of performance. Yeah. But yeah, I'm really excited for this. And it's really produced by that. Evan Goldberg and Seth Rogen. Perfect. Yeah, it looks it looks very exciting. Yeah. Uh, we got some first images, which I'm going to take because we had nothing else on it, but for the fourth season of uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is that literally um, a met or a... Meh. Fine, yeah. Um, yeah, some lovely, lovely high-res, high-production-value stills, which is, I mean put it straight in my veins to be honest but still no uh, release date it usually comes out in December and I imagine I'm going to go ahead and say that's not going to happen because that's in a week so unless they're going to um, you know drop it without really telling anyone without a trailer I I don't think that's going to happen so that's quite disappointing because that's usually my Christmas watch um yeah, I haven't heard when it when when that is arriving. Actually, it will be arriving on Paramount Plus at some point in twenty twenty two. I'm really Prime excited video. for this one because um, John Waters is in it, which I think oh. is a great addition, right. and uh, Peter Petrelli himself, Milo Ventimiglia, Ventimiglia. yes, mm. he was of course in Gilmore Girls. Yes, he was. So the worlds doth collide, and in Heroes, which is another great pilot episode. Yeah, yeah do you know what? Yeah, yeah, I will agree with that one. Mm. When Claire. Videos herself falling off the oil rig, and then she comes through and she's like, "That was take twenty six And you're like, "What am I watching?" Yeah, save the cheerleader, save the world, save the world. Yeah, yep. Also for bad pilots, every single Star Trek before Discovery. Okay. Oh, Picard's quite good. Oh, before, well, that's sorry, I, yeah. just, I actually listened to what you're saying. Everything yeah, before, before Discovery, every single Star Trek has had a terrible pilot. Yeah, every Except maybe one. original. Also terrible. No, I think the original was pretty good. No. no. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> They're all awful. Anyway, that question is done with. Yes. We've, we've yeah, moved on. Yeah. We're into news. We're, we're into news. I guess they we're not going to do Disney Plus Day, even though it was primarily television. I mean, we have talked about Disney Plus Day on Empire, but we should, of course, cover it here. Disney Plus Day, of course, the day where we thought we would hear an awful lot about shows and stuff and you know we didn't uh, did it we was, not? it was a bit anticlimactic because oh. a lot of stuff I felt like we already knew and there wasn't a lot of footage of things like we saw yeah. a little bit of Moon Knight footage which was mainly notable for Oscar Isaac's sort of like London cabbie accent Hello. which was very weird <laughs> um, you know we saw some concept art from Obi-Wan Kenobi which frankly looked like concept art from you know Star Wars <laughs> basically yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so I was like okay sure whatever yeah. um, you know the, the, the House of Harkness the Agatha Harkness yep. show you know Marvel Zombies what else? Do, what else? What else got announced? Beth? Oh God! We did, there was the X Men '97, which yes, resulted in the whole group singing the X Men theme song. Yes, um, isn't is that? And I use the word advisedly animated. It is animated. <gasps> so Beth had a lot to say about it. Yeah. Mm. yeah. True. Um, but it was what was it? So it was it was the Oscar Isaac one. She says as a as a Moon Knight periphery Marvel speculator, <laughs> Ms. Marvel and She Hulk. She Hulk was on yeah, there. Yeah, Ironheart, Echo, both got logos. Yeah. If you're into logos, yeah. I'm logos. excited for Agatha. Uh, Helen O'Hara has said that I will enjoy Ms. Marvel, and her word is gospel. So I will, I will choose to be excited about that one. Yeah, Willow. Um, there was all the Willow stuff. Willow stuff's exciting. Yeah, and you know, after boys' favorite show, scenes from a marriage. I'm sure we're all excited about the Oscar Isaac Marvel yeah. outing. Oh yeah, hey, if he's wearing <laughs> yeah. sweat like the cardigans, I'm there. <laughs> I think I'm more in more there for him doing a an, an accent, a weird accent, than him oh, God, just yeah. being a bit dull on uh, scenes from a <laughs> scenes from a marriage. He is. You are talking about Duke Leto Atreides. Have some respect. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry, I forgot. Yeah, I mean that's that's. Oh yeah, I mean you know he's a god in in usually. But, yes. 
Yes, right he is. Uh, but yeah, so like Disney Plus Day, there was a, there was some stuff, but it was all just felt there a little bit. There, but the, genuinely, that's how I felt. Like yeah, someone yeah, says to me, "What's yeah. Disney Plus Day?" I said, "Oh, there was some stuff." Yeah, because it was all stuff we kind of knew existed, and we saw some logos or sort of like little minor things or some other stuff that was announced. That oh, that's sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was more. That. It was more putting stuff out actually to consumers, wasn't it? Really yeah. on the day, like um, it was that was the day that Home Sweet Home Alone arrived. I think wasn't it? Is that yeah. right? Um. And other things, and other things. other Marvel films yeah. debuted on the platform. I yeah, think. I, I suppose I was I was expecting yeah. big things from this day, and I yeah. felt quite let down by it in the end. But mm-hmm. having said that, never a lot let of- Disney let this be listened to you. <laughs> never let James Dyer down. He will have him for you on this very podcast. That's it. That's it. What I wasn't disappointed by was the fact that the Halo TV series teaser leaked on Facebook ahead of time. Oh, I think they accidentally put it out as a Facebook ad and it showed uh, Paolo Schreiber putting on the Master Chief helmet that he'd been very excited. Oh, uh, the and, Oh, yeah, it's so good. But someone calls is making that. Who's the creative team behind that? Yes, Beth, funny you should mention that. It's Ryan Murphy. No, it's not. It's, it's actually not Ryan Murphy at all. <laughs> Ryan Murphy's Halo. <laughs> I mean, that Could be, you imagine? Yeah. That would be, I would watch that. Yeah. Uh, I would 100% watch that, yes. 14 hours. <laughs> uh, I do know that the episodes are going to be directed by a number of people, including Otto Bathurst of Peaky Blinders fame, the guy who shaped Peaky Blinders into what it is today. So that's uh, that's pretty cool. Um, has there been any, any news that isn't Halo slash Disney related? Or Star Trek related, um, or streaming related. Um, the, did you know that the next uh, that Courtney Cox is doing this show called Shining Veil, which is written by Sean Horgan? I did know that. Yes. Uh, yeah. 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 I, okay. I, I didn't quite know about it until I read it's it. In March, I think it is. Yeah, so it's, yeah, it's coming to... Yeah, well, the reason you knew about it because you could send the press release. I got the same yeah. press release you did, yeah. Um, but I didn't know before <laughs> that is what I meant. Um, yeah, it's a Stars play. It's going to be Stars play March. But I like the idea of Courtney Cox um, in The Thing, written by Sharon Horgan. Oh, definitely. Co-created with Jeff Anstroff of Ground Floor fame. It's called Shining Veil. It's described as a haunted family comedy. Okay. Um, so, yeah. I'm And uh, Greg Kinnear is in it as well. Oh, great. Yeah. I think it sounds spiffing. Spiffing? Yeah. It sounds absolutely <laughs> spiffing, absolutely says spiffing. Boyd. Yeah, there you go. Okay. That's a bit of news not related to those other things. Are we done with news? Yeah. Okay, let's move on. I've got bored of news. Half this podcast oh, I mean, news. Bo- we began with news. You we've... were bored by news about an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Let's move then on to reviews. And first up this week, a week after it aired, in fact, uh, but that's embargoes for you, we have Amazon's lavish adaptation of Robert Jordan's fancy series, The Wheel of Time, taking place in a world in which men who use magic go mad and powerful sorceresses called Aes Sedai shape global events. Uh, this, of course, does see a bunch of people on a quest to save the world despite being pursued by Trollocs, Fades, and Minions of the Dark One. But never mind the Trollocs, it's the Wheel of Time! Isn't that right, Beth? Yes! That's that was very good. Well done. I, um... <laughs> well done. <laughs> well done, you. Well done, you. Uh, I actually, I only watched one episode. I have to put my hands up and say, but really didn't mind this. And I did go in with the <laughs> that, <laughs> now, yeah. that is the kind of endorsement I was looking for. Really only one, watch, only watched one episode. Didn't want to watch the rest, but I really didn't mind. I really this. did not mind. If, in fact, potentially, I mean, I saw you gave it three stars on the Empire Review, and I would go higher than that a little bit. I quite enjoyed Whoa. the first. You would give it four stars. I think I would. That's interesting because yeah. I think the first episode is dreadful. <laughs> um, <laughs> genuinely. like So I watched six episodes of this. Right. But I thought the first episode was, I don't think it's as much their fault right. as anything else because it's the way the story begins. It starts with a slightly sort of tropey yeah. uh, setup, yeah. which I think is a little bit tired. It's not until the plot starts to get quite uh, you know, tangled and twisted, which it does. And I thought 
thought it, every episode got better yeah. of the first six. I thought each one was consistently better. The third one particularly good, and then fourth and fifth. Uh, but yeah, I thought it built momentum as it went. Again, as the plot gets more involved, I just found at the beginning, I was just like, what is going on? And I just don't think they help themselves. Right. Because there's a big battle yeah. in the first episode with a lot of sort of trollocs. Yeah. And they do look a bit trollocs. Yeah. And... <laughs> You know, but you genuinely, I do love saying trollocs. You really uh, do. But genuinely, I thought that is going to put off a lot of people. And I thought, now, bearing in mind, this show, which is the show that Jeff Bezos apparently stood up and said, I want our oh, Amazon's Game of Thrones, make Amazon's Game of Thrones, and they turned to this. Yeah. Like, so that's what this is. It, it is rumored to have cost 10 million dollars an episode now to put this in perspective the first season of game of thrones cost six million dollars an episode so you would expect this to look absolutely lavish and you remember when the trailer first dropped and my concern was it looks a bit cheap and i was i was watching the first episode and i was like where did they spend this 10 sure. million dollars is the catering just off the fucking chain you know what i love like, about this whole thing is this is supposed to be best fucking review of the show what Jesus does. literally me, you have literally what do i think about what do i think about we the time i mean yeah. at one point <laughs> Yeah. You've got a chance that exactly. giving you. Exactly. Exactly. Your breath. Yeah. Can you fucking yeah. jump? When is he? I was actually seeing you going. When is he? Gonna, is this Beth? Yeah. Did I miss something? Yeah. Is Beth's review yeah. of this show been? Has it started yeah. yet? I apologise. Keep ben, it in. You're not sorry. Sorry at all. Yeah. Don't edit this. Don't edit I'm the James explaining of this. I'm going to leave this in. Yeah. My wheel of time jacking of your review. Sorry. Uh, let's go back. Beth, tell us about the wheel I, of time. Uh, fed up of this. James jacked. I've been James jacked. Oh. So yeah, I actually. So the exposition was 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 cloggy and silly. I actually didn't think the Trollocs were so bad. I thought they were genuinely quite scary. I think what I chose to do was see it through slightly different lenses. So I didn't know about the 10 million per episode, even though you've told me I probably just <laughs> mentally don't just listen to anything I say. Yeah, that's fine. To you. Yeah. So I wasn't thinking about it as that. I was trying because we've kind of, let's be honest, shit on a lot of sci-fi that's come on recently and moaned about how much sci-fi we've got. So I tried to pause that that rage for a little while, <laughs> sit down and watch Wheel of Time, didn't think about the 10 mil per episode and just decided to see it as like a scary world fantasy kind of epic. And I chose to see Rosamund Pike through quite a camp lens, which worked really well for me. So that's how I chose <laughs> to see it. And because of that, I had fun with it. Like I think the Trollocs, yeah, they probably could look better, but the character design was really interesting. They were pretty fucking scary, to be honest. And I thought they, so there's a scene in which they invade the village where the, the central characters um, have lived, I assume, their whole lives. Uh, and they basically tear it to shreds. And I thought that was genuinely quite scary. And and I was quite anxious watching it. I think it was well staged. I liked some of the characters. <laughs> Inev I mean, it's inevitable, isn't it? It's inevitable of a show. What well, was inevitable Game of Thrones in the first season? There would have been people in that where I'm like, well, you're a bit of a fucking drip, to be honest. And the same here. There's a there's a lad in it. I feel bad for saying this, but he's I've called him Pouty McPowterson in this. And he looks like a Burberry model. He probably is a Burberry model. And I think he's kind of tasked, or he's going, to be tasked with a pretty big mission moving forward but for now he's just a little bit pouty and wears like a nice jumper has a nice relationship with his dad but for this he, he seems like a bit of a weak link um, but I did really like the guy who I refuse to believe is not Aaron Taylor Johnson to the point oh, yeah. I was like that's definitely 100%. I was like oh yeah. I did not know Aaron Taylor Johnson was Bizarre. in this yeah. um, and it's only when he sort of turns slightly against the light I quite like him so he's Barney Harris I think it's, it's not like it's Aaron Taylor Johnson but um 
Um, I really liked him. He had what I call a case of the Bettany's uh, in that he has this kind of swagger to him that Paul Bettany had in A Knight's Tale, a, a fantastic character. And Don't I get think... used to him. Yeah, he, I was going to say, he's already been recast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, his so, character's so, been recast yeah. for season two. Are you yeah. fucking kidding And what no. the fuck's going on with that? Yeah. Nobody knows. Yeah. Nobody Donald knows. Finn is taking over season mm. two. Who is? Carry on. Donald Finn, some dude. Oh, do I like him? Oh, do you know what? That's not the type of giggling that. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, well, that's a shame. Maybe he looked too much like... Um, that's yeah, they were just getting, everyone kept saying why is Aaron Taylor yeah. Johnson here yeah, it could be I mean, that's it yeah. but I thought he was really great in it Marcus Rutherford uh, as this guy uh, Perrin in it who gets some pretty fucking sad shit happens to him <laughs> in the first episode and I like their camaraderie there's kind of this trio of lads in this it's lads, probably but lads, lads. lads as it's probably bad of me to say in a science fiction that favours women that I go for the male characters <laughs> but sometimes that's what happens I like the male characters best in girls for example so I was really here for those characters and I think Rosamund Pike to be honest it's just having some fucking fun with this like, she's great yeah she's great. Mm. Do, I, I would not advise you to take this seriously and I'm sorry to the people that do take this really seriously and love the source material uh-huh. um, but I chose to yeah I chose to see her character Moiraine I mean even that's a camp name really it sounds like a talk show host uh, <laughs> oh Helen's gonna beat me up um, but yes no I, I chose to see her as this kind of camp like domineering woman who can do cool things with lightning whips and I had a great time with it so do you know what yeah pause the rage just sat and enjoyed this as as a sort of fantasy high action romp had a nice time Boyd <laughs> yeah I think um, I mean I didn't I didn't rage but, but do you know what the problem I think for me was I watched these I watched this out of I watched this after another show which, which we're going to review later right and let's just say it does not I, I think the comparison it just it's really unfortunate because for me I didn't hate it either, but it was funny enough, the very first thing you said, which was, you know, um, uh, you know, it was fine, whatever it was, whatever it kind was of, you know, absolutely fine. The, 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 the vague, um, the vague kind of positivity, but actually, yeah. I don't think it's, te- you, well, you hated the pilot. I don't think it's terrible, but I mean, certainly I, there's nothing in it that, that is going to entice me to watch any more of it, which is a disaster, really. I mean, I think it, it potentially a disaster for Prime Video in the sense that it's definitely not good enough for it to feel in any way like the new uh, Game of Thrones, mm. whatever. Lord they did Greek, put out whatever. the first three, though. So they've dropped the right. first three, which I think was a very shrewd move because, right. again, the third episode is significantly better than okay. the second, which is significantly better than the first. Oh, yeah. So I mean, I will carry on watching it as, as a professional, you know, I feel like... Good for you, I should have... I meant to carry on watching the, the next two anyway, and then I ended up not having time because I fucked it up. But... Um, so I am. I feel. I feel bad for judging it for. But I do think the opening episode is is a, is, a, is is massively disappointing. It just like it starts off with a voiceover from um from, from uh, Rosamund Pike, yeah. which is just yeah. I didn't like that. Like you don't want that. You know, show, just you know the whole show don't tell thing. It's like they kept telling it. You know, they couldn't work out work out a way of showing. This. I think after June, you know, June deals huh. with world building and scene setting and character development and just by thrusting you into the middle of it right it doesn't there's no it does it brilliantly avoids exposition well and also because every time you want to know something Timothy Chalamet looks it up on virtual Wikipedia and you hear <laughs> yeah. the entry read out so. right, that's true that is true and, and, and I guess similarly what was the other thing that did that similarly um, the Marvel series did the whole thing didn't they where they explained everything with a kind of cartoony mm. but even that but yeah. but the voice the voiceover felt very clunky and basic and irritating it irritated me 
I, I, I thought the Trollocs were terrible, I have to say. I thought they were, I thought they were the least scary thing I've ever seen in my life. And again, it's cause, partly because of the unfortunate comparison with another show, another show with heavy fantasy invading creature element to it that we'll come to, that James hasn't even watched yet. So, right now. Um, uh, so and then like, there were bits like... There's a lot of the first episode, it, it, it takes place in this inn, this like, you know, in this village. Yeah. And you know what really uh, put me off? I, I suddenly noticed that everyone in this inn, it was it was laughing. All the, you know, it was like, we're going to create this bawdy, like totally yeah, cliched, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know, world of this inn where everyone's drinking and having yeah. fun. And literally like, this, this scene opens with just like c- cutting from one giggling, laughing, lunatic doofus character to another. I was like, this is really bad. This is really cheesy. <laughs> At some point, somebody goes, that's enough laughing, people. And you know, they're just laughing for yeah. no real reason. There's no yeah. dialogue. They're just going, ha, 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 ha. once you notice it, it's really off. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, it's terrible. And so I didn't like the the beasts, the Trollocs. Uh, the whole idea that she, I found the whole idea that Rosamund Pike's Asadal character, Asadal, of the Blue Archer. Right. Um, she knew enough. She had she, so whole, her vague powers, which are all vague and like not. Cool. She can do certain things. She she could ascertain that one of this gang of dudes, so that she arrived at the village for, was the new incarnation of this legendary figure yes. in the history of yeah. the world, whatever. As she explained in the voiceover, but not, but um, but not which one. I was like, well, that's handy, isn't it? She knows it's one <laughs> no. of them because there can then there could be a mystery element of her working out which one it is. But why? What? what, what well, it's not sense. so much power. She's following a prophecy, and they all fit broadly speaking. They all the right age, except right. for Nynaeve, who's slightly older. But she clearly has power, so there's something going on there. Okay. So she's like, it's going to be one of you, but I can't tell <laughs> yeah. which one. So yeah. she yeah. takes because them all with her. Which one? Then there won't be another fourteen books. <laughs> Well, but they, again, that's this is an addition, so that's not a book thing. Like, oh. Yeah, so they to make the women as well sort of like potential reincarnations of the dragon is is a, a, a new addition right. to this. Okay. As are the characters, because the characters are much younger in the books and they've aged them up. Right. And I think oh, one, of, one yeah. of the things they've clearly done here is they don't want the the hint of YA about this. Yeah. So yeah. they've not only aged them up, like they've got people shagging in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. You know, there's, there's violence in yeah, it. Well, and, the dude, Rosamund Pike's um, dude... Um, um, gets in the bath with her. Her naked. warder, landman dragon. So there's a, you know, there's a good gratuitous butt shot and all things like that. And, yeah. But, you know, <laughs> and there's the old gratuitous kind of shagging thing going on. Yes, you're right. But it's quite chaste shagging. Like it's right. not booby Well, that's what I was going to say. That's yeah. what I was going to say. Compared to Game of Thrones, again, yeah. I know it's unfair. But no, but that's a good, I think it's a good thing. I think, so it's adult theme, but it's not explosive. It's not gratuitous. Yeah. It didn't you know need to have what? naked I'm, women everywhere. Right. All I'd say is there's a there's a line between the gratuitousness, um, yeah. exploitativeness of, of early days Game of Thrones, which was, they did use the, the boobage in that is beautiful, yeah. but there were you know there was also male nudity you know yeah. fairly early on in that yeah. show. But in general, it, it felt much bolder and more uh, you know edgy. It did feel this yeah. doesn't feel edgy in any way. But neither of the books, to be fair, right, the books but, are very chaste in that way. The high gonna, fantasy if you're often gonna is. D-Y-A it, sure. Well, D- the, the books aren't YA. It's important okay. to, to note that. All right, but it, it still felt like I, it felt YA-ish anyway. Yeah. In, the, in the end, it didn't feel particularly adult, even, even despite you know the the the, the cheeky bawdy moments of the naked bathing and all that so I just didn't feel like I, I, I just didn't think the di- there was any dialogue that was particularly memorable no, or the funny dialogue or interesting genuinely awful the characters mm. were bland so but 
I will persevere because I feel like a duty to persevere because Helen O'Hara, before we start recording, said it gets much better. And, <laughs> it does, no, but it does. You know, I, also, I have said this, but I know you don't. I know, but I'll take her, over, her opinion over you. Um, but it, it is very much the case that uh, it, it does improve as it goes. Like, again, it's because it, it it's much more complex than it first seems. Yeah. And you need the, all those different threads and the different factions to emerge. And it does get very, very gripping as it goes along. Um, and it, and I, I have no doubt it will be a really good series. My worry is that if people watch the first episode, they'll be like, absolutely not. And they'll switch off. <laughs> Because as, and I won't go through this particular round again because I've done it far too many times on this podcast, but it doesn't have the crossover appeal that Game of Thrones does. And I know people think, oh, why do you keep comparing it to Game of Thrones? Well, ultimately, the only reason it exists is because Jeff Bezos saw yeah. Game of Thrones. So yeah. I think it's a fair comment. But it doesn't have the crossover appeal because it leans too heavily into the fantasy aspects. I mean, the first episode, I mean, Beth somehow managed to get through it, but it's magic and trollocs and chosen ones and prophecies and looming portentous conversations about the Dark One's return. Yeah. Whereas, you know, the Game of Thrones begins with a kid being pushed out of a window by a brother and sister who've been fucking in a tower. Like, that's that's something we yeah. can all, all yeah. you know, naturally empathise with. But so. it, it, I actually don't even agree that... It, I don't think it's the um, it's the, the too much magic fantasy thing that's the problem with it. I mean, Harry Potter, you know... You yeah, but, but Harry Potter has a playfulness. Right, what, but this it's the tone. is so that, earnest. That's why I'm saying it's the tone. It's not the, it's not the fact that it's complicated and there's magic and there's trollocs and spells and all that that is the problem. It's the tone, right, which is banal and not... It's neither edgy nor IA. It's kind of like it just hasn't got an. It hasn't got an instantly. It doesn't grab you no. at all. And it's interesting you say that because some people have accused Dune of being like that as well. The film Dune because it's very earnest and almost entirely humorless. But actually, I think oh. reverence for world building mythology yeah. works again if you strike the right tone. And I think Dune gives you that sense of magnificence and epic scope. And what this does, it's not funny. It's not humorous. It's not tongue in cheek. It's not playful. But it also doesn't feel epic. It feels quite small yeah. certainly early yeah. on until yeah. it broadens it's out it's just trying to be everything it's not it's not it's, it's not nailing one it's neither one thing nor other it's not nailing down mm. what its tone is that is the problem it hasn't got a tone well, it's, it's it's just it's it not sexy its, it's kind mm. of a bit like June's not going to suddenly have a scene where that woman's in the bath and the bloke duck takes his clothes and, and walks in because that would be a bit weird Isaac in it to be fair yeah that's true yeah. I mean it, not, it wasn't a sexy scene though was it <laughs> right no, it was quite painful I still enjoyed it but yeah, it was of course yeah. but do you know what I mean I feel like if you couldn't decide it had a bit sexy a bit yeah. edgy but not really a bit horry with the creatures with the you know it was just it was just trying to do, trying to be all things to all yeah. people yeah. and failed and I, and I, and, I, and I, it needs to find its tone. I, I think, I think once it stops trying to establish its Game of Thrones credentials, once it stops trying to, I, I think it, once it, there's a confidence that builds as it goes, and when it starts to feel like its own thing, yeah. and I think that's when I started to really enjoy it. And also because, as I say, there's like 15 books, including the prequel, there's a lot going on yeah. in this story. Like once you start to realise how deep and rich the sort of fabric of this mythology is, I think actually it does. It does. I can't you. even begin to imagine what the fuck it goes on about in the next all these books. <laughs> Like, it seems such a. It doesn't. It seems a weirdly thin thing at the moment. Yeah. To me, like, so you're saying, is this search for this person? Is that does that go on for like fourteen? But is that the kind of basis it's, of the no, whole it's, thing? Well, you see hints of this. So bear in mind, this show begins with a man running away from a bunch of women, mm. and the whole point oh, is yeah. that they grab him because he is a man who can touch the one power and therefore is going mad, and so they. That's what they. You know, these women sort of like 
sees him essentially, yeah. uh, and that's that's kind of the thrust of this. Like the gender politics of this, of this is quite interesting. Um, but also, like I, I quite like the fact about this that there are a lot of female characters in this, and they're not exploited in any way. They are generally central to the plot. I think the best character in this by a country mile is Zoe Robbins, naive. She's brilliant. Uh, she's and I remember she annoyed me a little bit in the books because she's unnecessarily ornery, and she is also in the series as well. But I think Zoe Robbins makes her quite likable as yeah. well, which is a very fine line to walk. And she has this kind of like a flirty fighty thing going on with uh, with Lan played by Daniel Henney. Um but yeah some 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 really fun stuff uh, the main character which is uh Joshua Stradovsky uh his character certainly early on feels a little bit bland yes uh, and i think and he i mean not I can't remember which one he is well quite exactly he's rand but he has a lot of heavy lifting ahead of him so i'm hoping that he kind of he he grows into that role and really inhabits it because yeah. <laughs> there's a lot going on in 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 that role but look uh, i i'm 100 percent going to keep watching this and when i got to the end of these six i was desperate for the last two and obviously i now have to wait uh but so it is worth persevering with i would say i would say if you're on the fence about this at all watch the first three the first three drop on day one or have dropped you can watch yeah. them now uh watch those first three episodes if you're not bitten by this by the end of the third one you're not going to be I wouldn't think because the third one's really good do you know what so. I've done with this I've just realised I've, I think I've adopted like a coping mechanism <laughs> for watching these shows because I knew I knew this was coming so I was like come on Beth how are you going to enjoy this and what I've done is like just put myself in the necessary frame of mind to enjoy this as much as possible because I know otherwise I'm going to be fucking miserable sat enduring this so I've just been like let's just have fun with it Beth and just like been like oh the monsters are bad let's look at her a bit count shall we and I've really just like put myself in the right frame of mind to enjoy this as much as I can I applaud I applaud <laughs> this this new method that you've taken uh, I, I enjoyed it a lot more so that's that's great well the Wheel of Time is available now <laughs> the first three episodes are available now as we go out on uh, in fact there's probably the fourth one might be available by the time we go out I, I, I lose track of when this aired when we record and by the time we go out so I'm going to just go out on a limb and say I reckon there's probably four available by the time you hear this but they are on Prime Video no, I don't think that's true I think three Three, the three. You think three? Yeah, because it's week one. Yeah, it's, Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, because we come out on Monday and the first episodes aren't there. Are there... No, I think, but it was out last week, so... You should, oh, maybe you're right. So it's out, okay. So it's out this week. Let's see, this oh is called Abbott and Costello. It's out <laughs> yeah, this it week as we record, but when we go out, it will have been okay. last week. Oh, okay. So actually... Right. Now you just confuse yourself. I have it no idea. <laughs> okay, some episodes of this show yeah. are available. It could be three, it could be four. Frankly, I don't even know what day it is. But yeah. it is on Prime Video uh, and, you know, enjoy. Anyway, next up, we have Hellbound. And this is a Korean language supernatural thriller in which people begin to receive portents of doom only for unearthly smoke monsters to appear at the appointed hour and drag them straight to hell. In At which point, all manner of religious doomsday cults spring up and call it Divine Judgment. And if that sounds vague, it's because I haven't seen it. Because <laughs> Boyd, when he requested screeners, didn't ask for oh, me to have it's any. All my and fault. It, yes, it is your fault. And so yeah. at 10 o'clock last night, I was like, I can't see this in my queue. Uh, so I, I haven't seen it. Tell me, what guys, was it good? <laughs> Boyd. Yes. Well, funny enough, Beth somehow managed to get in her Netflix queue. Because she's got self- lady Yes, over exactly. Here. That's right. Yes. I'm just so entitled. I just assumed someone would so, yeah, put it there. Some minion like me <laughs> haven't magically got it in your fucking Netflix queue. Anyway, <laughs> let's not get bogged down in that whole situation. Well, this was the show I watched before Wheel of Time. Time. Yeah, and I have to say, this is as 
powerfully vibrant, funny, weird, horrific, scary, beautifully made, dazzlingly well directed, brilliantly acted, yeah, and fascinating and intriguing and enticing to watch you more as the Wheel of Time was none of those things. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it is, it's just and I just uh, I sat there thinking Jeff, poor Jeff Bezos he's like you know he wants a no, thing we do not say poor Jeff Bezos <laughs> yeah, 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 right. we really yeah. don't a very we good point a very good words. point that's Jeff Bezos I, you know I imagine I would like I would like go oh my god there's a show that Netflix have got it's another it's a Korean show um, it's from the guy who directed The Train to Be Sand it's just fucking much better than this thing that we've just spent 10 millions per episode on and that's my feeling about it and I know that's unfair probably and you know I'm sorry I apologise to all Wheel of Time fans in advance but it's just a brilliant I'm talking of great pilot I mean what a fucking dazzling opening episode the opening sequence yeah so you've got this opening sequence so the whole idea of it is that there are these beings that somehow come down to Korea and warn individuals seemingly random individuals that they're going to die at some point in the next couple of days or whatever and they give them the time day and place where they're going to come to an end and it's them these horrible scary things smoke monsters smoke yeah. monster yeah. things um, that basically and in the first scene they are they it's quite it's spectacularly violent yeah. and gory yeah. and the way they kill the first person the first victim that we see in the show is quite astonishing yeah um, so it's definitely you know if you're not if you are squeamish and if you if you can't take full on proper you know um, evisceration yeah. <laughs> um, of the of, of people then don't watch this then uh, it unfolds that it's kind of part detective drama. You're introduced characters who are detectives and they're kind of investigating this thing. And what I thought was really funny about it, and I think it's deliberate, is they're kind of, they're, they're everyone, you're aware from the start that this is a mystical kind of supernatural thing, beings that have done this thing. But there's still people who try and doubt that it is by thinking that it's anyone who filmed it put CGI in. So it kind of touches upon, you know, that the people put stuff on YouTube. Conspiracy stuff, and the, yeah. The conspiracy yeah. still don't believe stuff, even if it's happening in front of their very eyes. Yeah. There's that. There's an investigation, criminal investigation into these these beings, <laughs> yeah. which I think is the whole idea of that is really funny. Yeah. And I thought the police characters were great and interesting. One of them's got a recovering from trauma and loss, which is obviously is a trope and a cliche, but of these things were still added another level of interest to it. And then you've got the arrival of this cult leader um, halfway through the first episode who is a brilliantly kind of like softly spoken young yeah. guy who is this Jesus Christ figure um, who all people like worship so much like when he goes gets the he gets the train back home and women old, old women are giving up their seat on the yeah. tube for him. And I love the fact he insists on telling his story. So the police are investigating him thinking that he's got some connection to these to these smoke monster beast things. And he goes, oh, can you just accompany? I, I'm just going to go home now you can you can walk with me and the and the and the first episode show follows him getting the train walking back home and they have this long conversation where they try and work out what the fuck is going yeah. on with him and who he is and is he evil is he good etc i just thought it was so inventive and brilliantly done um it's it's another potential massive south korean hit after um uh, what's it called squid game squid game thank you <laughs> another <it> massive <laughs> another massive south korean hit after squid game yeah. and it shows they really are at the cutting edge you know of 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 tv if, you know, if they're making this stuff because it's so i thought it was absolutely spectacular yeah i mean train to be sound i think that was one of my favorite films of mm. that year yeah, the sheer surprise and, and it's on me for not being as schooled in south korean cinema as i should be but the the sheer gleeful surprise of watching that film for the first time and it carries a lot of that energy into this um 
show. I mean, the first, it's the first 10 minutes are like furiously propulsive where it's, yeah, it's this guy and he gets the, the, the time is up basically on his phone. And then these three creatures come down from God knows where and pursue him in broad daylight down a busy street. And it's, yeah, furious. I think the only, the only thing I didn't like about this, and I loved the, uh, I've called him uh, religious rock star Robert Langdon. Because yeah. yes. <laughs> he does have this kind of rock star aura about him, but very softly spoken, but, but has all these, um, he's like a religious scholar, basically, who has this take on things. The only take on, on this, this whole thing that I didn't like was the, um, these insufferable, like Gen Z streamers. So there's, there's another thing coming in where it's, it's again, kind of conspiracy theorists and, and evangelicals kind of taking to South Korean streaming services and you can see them live streaming and sounding off about it. And, it's contemporary. I get why they're including it in it, but I'm far more interested in this premise, which mm. is, and and it's something like if they've sinned, I think is part of the motivation. If you've sinned, you get this this kind of smoke monster thing appear. It reminded me of weirdly the um, Return to Oz film. If you ever watched that, the sequel to Wizard of Oz, so really ghoulish, horrible stuff, and it kind of manifests and it says when you're going to die. And then it goes away again. Uh, and that premise is, is fucking fascinating yeah. because like, how would the world respond to that? It's very public. There's no getting around it. This is happening to people. It's an ongoing thing. That is, that is fascinating to me. And the way it's ending is uh, with the first episode is they want to live stream what happens or live broadcast what happens to this woman who has seen the, uh, she's like a mom of two, two little kids. And it's they, they want to broadcast it happening to her. And that's how that ends the first episode. And I think that is a focal point. It's fascinating. It's just some of the political stuff with the kids, with the youth is uh, a little bit too distracting for me. Everything else very on board with the action sequences are extraordinary. Absolutely fucking extraordinary. Yeah, that streaming guy at the end is annoying. Are you all right? Yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. he's annoying. Yeah, he's kind of a kind of dreadful the, thing. But it's just... It goes on. It does go on a It's bit, another... Yeah cooking the kitchen that, yeah. that I don't think we need uh, yeah. but yeah otherwise brilliant and I just love how quiet James has been for yeah. this well, I watched the trailer if that helps and no. uh, the trailer made it look brutally unpleasant yeah like people being brutal. tortured yeah, all sorts brutal. of stuff I was just like oh that, that, this looks nasty I mean, it is. So this is why you didn't want to but, watch it, then you didn't yeah. want to drop a simple email to the At 10 o'clock at night, I respected the publicist's downtime, is what I was saying. Because <laughs> she would have been like, oh my God, it's James Dyer's emailed me. I must exactly, exactly. I must immediately like, put this into a streaming queue. Much, yes. yeah. <laughs> it is a bit leftoversy as well. I yes. Say. I mean, a little bit so. Yes. Yeah. You're right. You're right. It's all the good things. Yeah. Um, but also, Train to Busan is, is fucking great. And I'm glad to see he's doing something great with that mm. platform that he's been given. Yeah. Hellbound is streaming now on Netflix. Is it the next Squid Game? Tell me. Well, it's, I, I don't think you should be... I think it's inevitably going to get chucked in with it because it's both South yeah. Korean, but in fact, it's different done. shows. As I have done, yeah. I yeah. It in. <laughs> also, um, and they probably... But, Netflix will probably mine that to yeah. market this, yeah. but it is it is a vastly different show. Yeah, it is a vastly different show, of course, but I, I don't think it's quite... For, I don't think it's quite got the enticing... Um, premise that that Squid Game has. Yeah. I think everything about Squid Game's premise, from its title and its setup, is people are like, "Oh, that sounds amazing." I think this is different, a prospect. Yeah. So I don't think it will be that kind of a pop culture phenomenon. But it is great, though. Yeah. Okay. Well, finally, this week, 
we have American Rust uh, that sees Jeff Daniels as a small-town police chief tasked with solving a murder, juggling his own messy personal life and navigating small-town politics, presumably while chugging cheese whiz. Beth, tell us about Jeff of Rust Town. <laughs> Right. So no, no coping mechanism whatsoever could have made me happy watching this show. So yeah, so he, I mean, the the East Town comparisons are inevitable. He's this cranky, curmudgeonist cop who, as you said, has to navigate through small time politics, which range from... um, a, a, a group of of men with firearms showing up to intimidate people at a property auction. There's some shady goings on between the kids and the, the you know the youth of the town. Huh. There's some rivalry going on there, and some quite violent fights erupt as a result of it. Um, Jeff Daniels is having a relationship with um, a, a local woman called Grace Pope, played by Maura Tierney. Um, and she's in turn got something going on with with a a yokel. I think is a good way to describe him. If that's not an offensive thing to say, boys um, <laughs> by your face. We won't say that. Like <laughs> but, said, you said it now. But yeah, it's just it's small town politics. There's everyone's got a past, and sad things have happened in said past. Everyone's harried. You know, every everyone's got a lot of secrets but they all love each other but it's a tough love that they've all had to earn um it sort of fumbles with charm <laughs> it's um it ends there of east town and it, it, i do like with this so um the who is the creator of this the creator is I'm dan sorry. futterman dan futterman uh, an actor primarily and and i quite you can sort of sense that in the direction of this it's it's very performance led and the performances are very good and i like that the town feels very lived in by the time we get there much as it does with mary's town but there is just there is just not an ounce of charm in the show there's there's plenty of place for emotion there are emotional connections between people there's a kind of unsaid romance between two of the local boys in the show which amounts in like this set piece which involves a frozen lake which is quite interesting to watch but i just found this so bleak um and without the small town charm i don't i don't want it to be saccharine i don't want it to be sweet and sentimental but you want people you can really root for like like in matter of east town you want you know cranky but with a twinkle in their eye and there is no twinkle in Jeff Daniels' eye. I had visions, as I was watching this, I was thinking the creators of this show, I have images of Dan Fottam sitting at home and, you know, Mayor of Easttown comes on and he's like, oh, yeah. Him and Jeff Bezos. Him and Jeff Bezos, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I don't feel sorry. I do feel sorry for Dan Futterman. I don't feel sorry for Jeff Bezos, just to make that clear. But I do have sympathy with Dan Futterman um, because everything that he's trying to do in this show, which is, let's face it, this is a crime drama mystery. There is a mystery. There is flashback one year later, one year earlier, blah, 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 the first episode. There's a whole array of characters um, he could have done the thing and there's a detective who thinks he might be able to work it out and there's bleak people to, on drugs and there's people on opioids and it's it's washed out kind of, you know, bleak rural Rust Belt setting, small town and um, it's all been dealt with in Mare of East Town yeah. in, 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 in an infinitesimally better in every conceivable <laughs> way. And I yeah. And I 
And that's why I just feel sorry for it because it's perfectly, it's perfectly, I would normally love this stuff. I think, as I said, when, when I reviewed Mary Town, everything about that show had what, I, what I'm looking for. And yeah. you know, I love all yeah. of that gritty set small town America setting and the, the you know, the darkness that's beneath the, these lives and all of that and the working class community, yeah. all the issues. That, and this has sexuality and it has, um, it has abuse and it has drug. And as I've said, but it's just heavy. Yeah. It's kind of self-important. There's no humor in it whatsoever. So in fact, as you alluded to in your intro, James, of you know, of of watching Mayor in Mayor of Easttown munching on her hot dog in the car and all of that, and that humanity and wit of that character. Yeah. And of you know, quite a lot of situations, where, you know, Mayor of Easttown, what it did was brilliantly not flinch from the harshness of all of the things that were going on with those characters, but it had humour all the way through. Not not jokes, it just had, it had a, that's what people, that's what real life is like. No matter yeah. how bleak the world, you know, if, if a show hasn't got any kind of humour, and you talked about the seriousness of June, but I would counter that, even in a way, there's a kind of underlying lightness when it needs to be. Even in June, in this, there is nothing. Mm. It's so ponderously heavy and self-important. Yeah. And we are dealing with drugs now, and we are dealing with you know this now, and blah 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 blah. I, it's not, it's not an enjoyable or illuminating or entertaining watch, and it's just trying to be. And, it, and I think it's very self-consciously trying to be serious. And um, and this cast, you know, I love all these people. I mean, you know, Bill Camp, legend from the Night of. I mean, so fantastic as a detective in the Night of. And um, even the young characters are great. You know, yeah. I think the young characters are at least are more interesting than the ones in the first episode of the Wheel of Time. But um, Maura Tierney, brilliant. Yeah. Jeff Daniels, oh, of course, you know, we love him from that. Um, news from Newsroom, etc. But it's just lacking. It just, it's just ponderous is the yeah. word. I can't keep, I keep, I can't think of any other word to describe it. And I know, and again, we talk, we had unfair comparisons is like the theme for me of this show, but it's just, it's just, it was there in my mind, Mary of Easttown. You it's like, it's that. just the object lesson yeah. Yeah. in how to do what this is trying to do. Yeah. So this is based on Philip Meyer's book, isn't it? And, and yeah. I think, I haven't read. yeah, no, I haven't read it either. Like the crux of this, of course, is, is that he's a very compromised police chief and Maura Tierney is obviously his love interest in this. Her son gets into trouble and he, then his loyalty is divided between her and his job and it's what will he do to protect the son from what he may or may not have done um and i love jeff daniels obviously newsroom big fan here um i think he's fantastic and i really enjoyed him in this but the problem i had principally is that this begins with and this is absolutely true a two minute dialogue free sequence in which he painstakingly grinds up pills weighs them yeah. and you know for his medication and it manages to then get more boring after that. <laughs> so that's like, like it is so achingly slow. It is so painfully sort of dour and dreary and other D words. Like it's just, and I struggled some, I wanted to like it. And by the end of it, I was just exhausted by the whole thing <laughs> because he, I mean, and much as I love Jeff Daniels, like his character is no mayor, you know, like there's no fun to him at but all. he could have been. This is the other yeah. thing. He's got all the tools in the workshop. It's just he's been told to keep the workshop firmly locked. Yeah. The material is not exactly, you know, 
Pepe. No. It's got the, the story. Do you remember Your Honor, the Brian Cranston? Yeah. I, that, I mean, that had flaw. That was flawed. But that at was least, very dour as well. But it, no, oh my God, it's a fucking laugh right compared to this. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, but yeah, but also like a lot happens in Your Honor. Like, right. It's quite propulsive. Things yeah. like this, like just oh, nothing 100%. is happening. Yeah. Like, you know, there are nine episodes of this. <laughs> just there is, I mean, honestly, the thought of sitting through nine hours. <laughs> yeah, it's like, but it God, shouldn't be that way. There are ways, ways of making this show so much better. I was just like, all the decision making is wrong. Yeah. Because, you know, I mentioned Your Honor because that actually was very, the, the way it was directed yeah. and shot was really kind of thrilling. Even when it was being, you know, even when it was kind of, it was being a bit dour as, as well. Mm. Yeah. The car it, it never, was really well done. Yeah, it was beautifully done. Nothing in this is surprising the way it's done, no. is it? Like nothing. The bit where he falls through the ice, spoiler, I haven't said who, so someone falls through some ice. Yeah. That was like momentarily, but even then you're like, even that could have been done so much more yeah. imaginatively. It's quite anticlimactic. Yeah. It's, it is funny, isn't it? The way that particular sequence is shot, it's really quite. It's, I mean, I hate to say it's quite boring. Like, <laughs> yeah. someone falls through the ice yeah. and tries to get back up, but and someone tries to rescue them. But even that, he's just like, he gets him, he tries to rescue him, he brings him up, he can't go through the ice, he lets him go, he finds it, he goes back for him. You're it's like, how have you made this so laboured? But we don't want true to life. No. Otherwise, we just go and do, well, we'll we go, go and jump in a frozen <laughs> lake. Yeah. Right um, um, it's directed yeah. by John Dahl, by the way, who, you know, is directed some really good films. Um, Red Rock West, Lost Seduction. I love Lost Seduction. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah so it's disappointing. Seduction. That is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> Oh well, it's a shame. Um, <laughs> American Rust begins on Sky Atlantic and now uh, on the 28th of November at 10:05 p.m. Uh, but there's also other stuff out this week, isn't there, Boydie? Lots yes. of things, lots of things. So, yes. so lots Hawkeye. To lots of things we haven't been able to review. So, yeah. Hawkeye drops on Disney Plus on the twenty fourth of November. We'll be talking about that next week. But that unfortunately is embargoed. If you enjoy the first half of the Masters of the Universe Revelation animation, which of course Beth watched because it's animation, of course, uh, then the second half of that drops on the twenty third of November on Netflix. Power Book Two Ghost Season Two, not to be confused with Power Book Three or Power Book Four, both of which I believe are coming. I'm very confused by this, but anyway, Power Book Two Ghost. Season Season 2 uh, drops on Stars Play on the 21st. If anyone was a child of the 90s and remembers watching Games Master back in the day, that's coming back. I love the fact that you've put Games Master. <laughs> I'm going to mention Games asleep. Master because yeah. Games Master, yeah. revival of Games Master. I don't know if Dominic Diamond's going to be in this one, but no. um, probably not. But I'll tell but, you who is. Go on. Sir Trevor McDonald. Sir Trevor, yes, he's yes. playing the, the Games Master yes. head, isn't he? Yes, yes. that's right. Uh, so Games Master's coming to YouTube. That's on the 21st. Uh, Hannah is getting a third and final season on uh, Prime Video. That's on the 24th. Uh, I never actually finished season two of Hannah. I liked the first season a lot, but I never persisted with season mm. two. Um, but the third season of that drops on the 24th. Um, the Beatles get yes. back. Come on. Yes. Come on, people. Exciting. Peter Jackson's, yeah. yes. I want to say, six parts? Or is it three, three parts? Three parts. You may so, want to say six parts, but be I may want to say So it's six hours is where I'm confused. So it's six hours. It's three parts, six hours, three two-hour episodes. It's Peter Jackson's documentary about the Beatles. Have you seen it, Boydie? No, I can't wait. I'm really excited Absolutely for this. Absolutely furious yeah. that I wasn't invited to the special screening in whichever um, special was. <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe it's because you were at uh, Russell Tovey's birthday party. Well, yeah. Uh, yeah, that starts on Thursday, um, which I think is Thanksgiving. So yes. that's it's like um that's why it's been it's an on consecutive nights because yeah. it's just tailored for the American holiday rather yeah. than if people are wondering what the fuck is going on with that. Um 
Speaking you... of invites, guess you got invited to the Witches oh, yeah, Season 2 premiere. Yes. Are you going to go, Beth? Are you going to go? Of course I'm going to fucking go. <laughs> Have I seen it? Never. Am I going to go? Yeah. Yes, I am. Yeah. Imagine me going into that having never seen it. I, I, The thought of you at the Witches Season 2 premiere delights me. <laughs> James doesn't need to go to the premiere because he's seen it all already. I've seen every a... single yeah. one four yeah. times. I can either confirm nor deny <laughs> that, that is true. Um, also, you have another other things as well, by the way. There's a show called True Story, which is this is a real mystery Netflix show where okay. they do not tell anyone about it at all. Um, there's no screeners available, but it stars like um, Kevin Hart and Wesley Snipes, and it's a drama um, created by Eric Newman of Narcos and Narcos Mexico fame, and it's all about what happens when Kevin Hart plays a world famous comedian who stops off in his hometown in Philadelphia and has a wild evening with his brother, played by Wesley Snipes, and then their life his life falls apart. It sounds quite interesting. I've seen the thumbnail for it, and he looks very serious. Yeah, it looks very. It's quite. It apparently looks quite an intense drama, rather than kind of comedy or anything like Kevin Hart doing drama. Yeah. But Netflix have not. I've completely like ignoring it. As far as I can make out. So. Does, this, does this mean it's not going to wear and actually it will be on Paramount Plus at some point? <laughs> I mean, right? possibly. Um, it's like, I think it's like seven parts and it starts, so that starts on Friday. That arrives on Friday. Well, I don't know, Boyd. Just because it says so in Heat Magazine does not mean oh, it's going to be on. Don't you say that. <laughs> um, and you let the, the big one, Selling Sunsets. Oh, oh my, my God, it's the Golden Yes. <laughs> Wednesday, the 24th, Netflix, Christine, Chrishell, Heather, Woo! Vanessa, Newbies. What are you talking um, about? It's all happening. <laughs> yes. Uh, fantastic. Selling Sunset, the greatest. <laughs> what is our pick of the week? Oh, um, Hellbound. Yeah, I'd have to say Hellbound. Haven't seen it? Wheel of time for me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Well, I guess that is it uh, for this week's show. So, uh, as ever, please consider us when doling out your five-star ratings on Apple Podcasts. It takes no time at all. And every one of you who has yet to leave us one will be visited by one of Hellbound smoke monsters within the next seven (laughs) days. Uh, You can find us on social media at James C. Dye, at Beth K. Webb, and at Boyd Hilton. And you can find us in your ears same time next week when we will be able to talk about Hawkeye uh, as well as quite possibly Child's Play spin-off Chucky uh, and I think Girls in the Wilderness Adventure Yellow Jackets as well. So, exciting times. Pilot out. <laughs>